Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're a bit of mornings, we're a bit of Waitley, and we're a bit of Captain's Run this morning. We've got all bases covered. It's for state transport. Our people are your solution. And we're a be Izuzu Ute, one man that's got all bases covered when it comes to the Australian Open. Is our very own Brett Phillips, and he joins us again this morning. Hello, BP. Morning, Jules. How you doing? Very well. Uh, we spoke to you yesterday, and you did say the match between Coco Goff and Arena Sabalenka would be on Sabalenka's racket, and that turned out to be oh. the case. Her power in the vital stages of that match was was unbelievable. No, hats off to her. I mean, clutch when it counted. That was the first match. You know, she'd been uh, really tested. I mean, obviously, I was asked a million times, you know, who's going to win this match in the last uh, few days. As we, you know, we're forecasting ahead to that uh, semi-final, and you know, you certainly um, were, you know, thinking that gee, Coco's having a great tournament here. She's been uh, pretty much flawless one match, but we knew, you know, she'd beaten uh, Sabalenka in that U.S. Open uh, final last year and had the the better, uh, you know, head-to-head. But gee, uh, yeah, Sabalenka when she was really, really challenged, you know, first set tie break and then a tight second set. Um, yeah, you know, when you're up close, you just uh, get to appreciate how big she was in the really, really uh, crucial moments. So, yeah, and the amount of time she came to the net uh, last night, I mean, that's uh, that's the re- a record for a Sabalenka. And why, why wouldn't you do that when you've got such a presence out on course? That's been the evolution of her game as well. But, yeah, you know, she's obviously, you know the old saying, you learn from experience. And, you know, the final last year, the semi of the French in Wimbledon, uh, where she didn't get it done, uh, last night she stood up. So... Yeah, great result to Sabalenka, who no doubt now um, is, is the red-hot favourite to win the whole thing. Just on that, BP, do, do more of the, the big hitters and, the, and the, the better players need to come into the net more? I mean, you watch rallies, you're like, you have got your opponent on toast here. You come in, you can clean, you can finish this point very quickly, but they just don't tend to do it. Yeah, obviously, you know, they start young and they, they, uh, they build a style and they get very much ingrained in that. But I think to really survive in the men's or the women's game now, you, you know, you've got to become that all-court player. You've got to be competent in every part of the court because uh, as players are evolving, they've got the capacity to play you know, every shot in the book. So you, you just can't be one-dimensional. Uh, so, look, Sabalenka... You know, I mean, obviously her power off the ground to, you know, rip a forehand or a backhand up the line, you know, the, the, the instinct should be get in behind that because, you know, the, the response is not going to be great. And you can, you know, be at the net, you can just close out things rather than leave the door open maybe a little bit. So, 
Um, yeah, it's it's great. I mean, she's not a natural volleyer. There's a you know, she's got good reflexes. Mm. A couple of beauties last night, but yeah, you know, she was a bit awkward at times. Uh, but she'll continue to evolve that area. But you know, the rest of the game is you know, pretty sound <laughs> from the back of the court. It's been really interesting with women's tennis, BP, because you've mentioned it a few times when we've chatted the last couple of weeks. There's been a real, you know, sort of revolving door with the number one player in the world. There's been so many different women win Grand Slams really since the end of the dominance from Serena Williams. But with Sabalenka's power and the fact she's getting to more finals and getting more experienced, could she be the next one that might stay at the top of the rankings for a while? It could be, yeah. I mean, I think we've now got a group, which is good. We've got some rivalries, and I think there's some future rivalries to be developed. But, you know, Sviontek, uh, Sabalenka, Rebecca, and I'll throw Coco in now as you know, a legitimate member of uh, the top four in uh, women's tennis. And then, you know, we've got the big pack uh, sort of trying to chase uh, that, those players down. So uh, I'm not convinced that she's necessarily going to get on a tear and, you know, peel off consecutive slams or win three out of the four and, and run away from that group that I've just uh, mentioned. But, um, yeah, she's going to stay around the pointy end. And we, we've missed some rivalries in women's tennis. We haven't had some for mm. a while. So I think we're, we're now starting to build some, that's for sure. So 10 years ago, Lena wins the Australian Open and 10 years on, we've got another Chinese woman in the final. How strong is Chinese tennis right now and how strong can it get? Yeah, look, certainly um, the women have got a, a good crop of players uh, inside the top 100 and the men are now starting to build. Uh, they've got a, a couple of players who are just outside who are trying to get inside the top 100. So the men have lagged behind a little bit, but there's you know, obviously a lot of tournaments in China. They've got a Masters 1000. They've got a lot of challenges, ITF, so or certainly, you know, now recovered post, uh, post-COVID. Uh, but the women... Yeah, I think they're certainly urging each other on. Uh, they've, you know, similar ages. They've come through the system. Uh, Zhang has sort of elevated herself above um, her contemporaries uh, by some margin, uh, but she'll inspire that group to certainly uh, lift to the next level. And yeah, it's a market obviously that is you know, so key for the ATP and the WTA, and we know the history around that. It's you know, it is lucrative, and um, yeah, Chinese tennis I think is probably only going to get better. To be totally honest. Now, a few pointing out on the 40 Wings temper BP, you didn't pick Sabalenka to beat Coco Goff. Mm. Are you tipping her yeah. to win the final? Well, you know, I mean, obviously I'm <laughs> asked a lot uh, with predictions, Jules, and we, we live and die by predictions. Of course we do. Um, yeah, that's right. So you, some you get wrong, some you get right. But, I mean, look at the margins uh, last night. It was not much separating yeah. that, those two. Um, I mean, as I say, the, the, the match is on the racket of Arena Sabalenka. So if she's on song and executing everything to perfection, uh, you've got to back her with supreme confidence. Uh, but if not... Um, her opponent is always always a massive chance. So uh, I feel probably safe now saying Sabalenka, but yeah, it should be a quality final. I think uh, Zhang is uh, Zhang is you know, really really elevated. That's exciting. Let's hope it is uh, a good final. Let's hope we get a three setter. The two semi-finals for the men look fantastic on paper. So as we know, Novak's ten from ten at Melbourne Park in semi-finals. He's four-two head-to-head with Sinner, but Sinner's won two of the last three. He hasn't dropped a set. Here, um, how much of a chance do you give him of causing it? What would be an upset? I guess it's—is it a major upset? Is it a minor upset yep. if he knocks him off today? No, I think I think it's major, considering that you know Novak hasn't lost in Melbourne for I think is it four years, something around there, yep. uh, over over a thousand days. He hasn't lost here. 
So it would be significant because um, of how many times he's won. It's a bit like, you know, anyone knocking off Rafa at the French. I, I sort of put that on par with what he's done here at Melbourne Park. Look, for me personally, I'm, you know, I'll have a better idea a little bit later on. I mean, this is the first time, um, uh, well, second time in a slam uh, that, you know, I think back to that Wimbledon match where Sinner wasn't as developed as he is now. And he, he played great tennis on the grass, two sets to love up. Um, but this is the challenge, going best of five with Novak. And these, a lot of these guys just still haven't been able to do that. Alcaraz has made the breakthrough and, you know, Medvedev beat him at the US Open. So it is, um, it, it can happen, uh, no doubt. I think Novak's had a good couple of days here to, you know, recover from the hot day on Tuesday. So everyone talking about him playing during the day today. Well, it could be a real benefit because he's had the longest time off. Um, to prepare for this match being a, a year older than what he was this time last year. But, yeah, I'll, look, I'll, I'll be able to dissect Sinner and where he sits. Uh, probably after this match uh, today, we'll get a better feel of just how ready and maybe, you know, with a victory, he will be absolutely ready to maybe win one or two slams uh, this year, potentially. So when you play Novak in matches like this, best of five mm-hmm. at Grand Slams, you you just got to win the first set, don't you? I mean, if you don't win the first set, you, you're probably not going to win. Yeah. Look, you don't want to be on the, the, the back foot. In saying that, in saying that, I mean, you know, Sitsi Pass, I think back to that French Open final, he won uh, He won the first two sets, but Djokovic just has his great ability, Jules, to just reset the whole match. So the scoreboards are relevant to him, and that, uh, that plays on the mind of, um, you know, the opposition player who's done so much right, but you know, they're still uh, quite far from the finish line because Djokovic can get it back on his terms really, really quickly. So, yeah, you don't want to be chasing, ideally. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's trying to do it over five sets. To keep the consistency, keep the level, which these guys are still aspiring to get to, to, um, you know, to knock him off regularly. Who wins and in how many sets, do you think? Djokovic uh, in four, mm. I think, today. Yeah, I don't think he'll have it all his own way. I think Sinner's played breathtaking tennis in this tournament, uh, but you know, in, you always worry about Novak uh, towards the business end. He can <laughs> he can dial up to a whole other level and make people look silly. I'll never forget that Nadal uh, matchup in the final here that went uh, what about an hour and a yep. half. So that's the, that's what he can do. Um, sensing of what's going to come at him, that he'll he'll rise above. So that wouldn't surprise me either if it was maybe straight. But I think Sinner's done enough to tell us that he's good enough to take a set today. Second semi-final, we're talking to Brett Phillips, uh, our tennis expert, as we build up to the men's semi-finals. I'm just interested, what were your expectations on Alexander Zverev going into this tournament? How far did you think he could go? Yeah, well, he certainly certainly bounced back, um, you know, from that injury at the French Open. It's taken a while for Zverev to, you know, really get going again. But, you know, I think certainly coming into this Australian Open, we expect him to be around at least fourth round, you know, quarterfinal, good enough uh, for that. And then it's going to come down to matchups and uh, and just you know physically how he was going to stand up across uh, the uh, the two weeks. But yeah, I mean it, it's interesting with a guy like him because because he hasn't uh, done a lot the last two years with the injury and fallen back in the pack. You sort of just don't think of him as a contender, and then you sort of forget about well, he, he had some runs on the board in the sport and. Obviously, he's so determined to um, you know, lift one of these trophies that he, that's the only thing he hasn't done in uh, tennis. So I think he's got better and better. And last year was a good indication. He was uh, he tracked all the way back to the top 10. So we knew that um, he was bringing the level again. 
how that was going to match up in the Grand Slams this year, we weren't quite sure. So, uh, no, he's, he's back in a big way. I think he's going to be a pretty uh, formidable force uh, for 2024. So how relevant is the recent record between these two? I think Medvedev, they played six times last year. Medvedev beat him five mm. times. Is that relevant or are we seeing a difference, Zverev, than we did last year? Well, I don't know if it's a different uh, Zverev. I, I think, you know, when I look at that matchup, I go, well, Medvedev, to me, if Djokovic is not going to win this tournament, he's the best equipped to win the whole thing. And, uh, you know, I just think his ability to uh, defend and, you know, send some awkward balls back in the direction of Zverev just gives him the upper hand. I mean, both are going to play big. You know, both are going to return big. Um and they don't like each other. It's going to be a bit of spice mm. in the two uh, jewels. I mean, Good. they move really well. Yeah, you know, a couple of big gazelles out there who are going to, you know, get forward where appropriate. But gee, Medvedev's ability to defend and uh, and just stay alive in points is extremely frustrating for his opposition player who can then overhit and play a bit too big. So it's small margins in that one. But yeah, Medvedev has certainly had the wooden, and I think he goes up a notch just with the uh, little bit of spice that uh, he raises his game when he plays very. He's going to be tough, though, as Zverev served like he did the other night. He's at 90% yeah. at first serves at one stage, wasn't he? Yeah, incredible. But you've got a guy who, you know, as we know, everyone I think has learned about Medvedev. He stands so far back that he's got a good look at these serves. And his ability to get that first strike back into a, uh, where it's, you know, nice and central up the, the middle of the court, but he gets it so deep that there's no short ball uh, for the opposition player to step into and, and really dominate the rally. So that's the great part about Medvedev. He, he has that ability to counteract these bigger servers just by his returning position. So you've got Djokovic in the final. Sounds like you've probably got Medvedev in the final as well. Uh, if that is the case, who wins come Sunday night? <laughs> Yeah, uh, Daniil, I mean, he's been a twice runner-up and he's run into Djokovic in the Dale and might have to run into Djokovic again. That's how tough it is at the top of the men's game. Yeah, look, to me, uh, Novak, I'm still convinced that he wins the whole thing. There's nothing telling me that he he shouldn't or he he shouldn't be the favourite. So right now, I'm uh, certainly in the Djokovic uh, corner. And just before, we won't speak to you, uh, obviously, before the two finals are are won and done overall, uh, how's... Have you rated this Australian Open? I think it's had the longest, well, the most amount of, um, you know, three setters and five setters combined across the women and the men. Have you rated the tournament overall? Yeah, I think every Australian Open is always, you know, great storylines, isn't there? I mean, yeah, the amount of five setters, the extra day, uh, the huge crowds we've had here. Uh, we always would have liked a bit more uh, Aussie success, but, you know, Demon All gave us a good week and I think, you know, he's only going to get better in the next 12 months to hopefully have a, a deeper run here. And we've seen some names emerge that, uh, you know, weren't on the Grand Slam sort of radar. And we, and we like that. You know, we like... If, if, if the reputation of the Australian Open is to unearth some new champions, then I think that's a nice thing to have. You know, the Happy Slam, start of the year... Um, it could be the making of some careers who um, you know get going early and build some confidence. And yeah, I think uh, I think it's been a great uh, a great tournament, Jules. I mean, I'm immersed in it, yep. and there's been enough for me that gee, the top of the men's game is healthy, and the women's game, yeah, there's some really good rivalries. We're getting to see some cream come to the top, along with all the depth there is in uh, women's tennis. Yeah, agree. It's been a great two weeks, and let's hope we get uh, some great men's semis today and then two cracking finals as well. BP, enjoy talking over the last couple of weeks. Uh, enjoy the business end of the tournament. Indeed. Uh, foot to the uh, throttle, and, uh, yeah, on here today, big day. Two semis. Looking forward to it, Jules. Can't wait. Uh, Brett Phillips, uh, always very generous with his time. Our SEN tennis expert.